At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I speak with sports photographer Daniel Hakim. Daniel is based in Singapore, and he takes really colorful and energetic photographs of the world around him. We talk about his style, how he works with clients, how he was introduced to sports photography, and much more. Please enjoy. We have an amazing community at photographycourse.net where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, join photography contests, and much more. In our community, you'll also find a 52-week project that will provide you with weekly educational videos and challenges to help you improve your skills on a regular basis. This is an amazing opportunity for you to not only enhance your skills, but also grow your network and have a wholesome experience as a photographer. We're so inspired by the amazing photographs that our members post every day. When you join our community, you'll be able to make new friends and share your progress with a passionate group of people. None of this would be possible without our members' support, so we're very grateful. In order to keep things running, we're offering exclusive membership plans that will give you access to every part of our community and our premium courses. Use the discount code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD to get 50% off your first year as a member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join and use the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD without any spaces to claim your discount. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. Hi, everyone. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Daniel Hakim, and I am a professional photographer from the Far East, and I'm from Singapore, born and bred and raised in the Lion City. Very exciting. I'm so happy to be speaking with you today because you have such a diverse portfolio. You specialize in so many different things, as well as videography and directing. So I think we'll have a lot of interesting things to talk about. Let's start with camera gear. What camera equipment do you use? So cameras. I look at cameras as a tool to a means, right? 
Well, personally for me, I've been a lifelong Canon user. Um, I currently run on their flagship models, which is the R3 under my trusted workhorse and a variety of uh, lenses that are from Canon. And yeah, that's basically my basic arsenal or my basic toolkit. Very nice. And the camera that you're currently using, is that a mirrorless camera? Yes, it is a mirrorless camera. Um, honestly, I actually just switched to the R3 system. I have been trying to stay away from, from the mirrorless systems, but finally uh, it has caught up with me and I am truly enjoying the mirrorless workflows. Oh, I'm happy that you were enjoying it, but how did it catch up with you? Uh, well, I guess it's, uh, it's technology, right? And also, well, the mirrorless cameras are a lot lighter than my clunky um, DSLRs and um, you know, being a sports photographer primarily and getting older, weight has become an issue and yeah, I'm enjoying my current uh, setup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And of course, it's much easier to walk around, move around, run around with a lighter camera. So it's great that there are options out there like that for different kinds of photographers. I have never even touched a mirrorless camera, so I'm super curious about what it's like to use one. But I'm sure that it's a, it's a great upgrade. It has been. Um, it has been a great upgrade. And, um, you know, I am embracing technology just like, um, I guess, a lot of my peers. And, yeah, it's, uh, and I can't wait to see where cameras take us in, in the next couple of years, to be honest. Absolutely. I'm so curious about that as well. Let's talk about your background. So you come from marketing. How and why did you decide to pursue photography? Well, I actually stumbled upon photography and the creative world by accident, if I can be really honest. Growing out, out here in Singapore, to be honest, like the arts is not something that was your first choice as like your career. So I actually was an electrical engineering major. And then I went to marketing because I guess that I'm really bad with hands-on stuff. And that's how I got into marketing. And during, while I was in school, you know, um, I had a brush with a friend's camera and stuff like that, like, you know, like everyone else. But I guess what made me really interested, or shall I say, learn photography or have my foundation was actually during, uh, you know, meals in Singapore, we have to do two years of national service. And by a stroke of luck, I wouldn't say if it's good or bad. I had a service injury and I had plenty of time to kill because yeah, I was recovering you know, from an injury. So got bored, spent actually a lot of time in, in magazine stores and just started reading, you know, just picking up magazines and stuff. And I guess that's, that's my foundation. Yeah, well, one, I was too broke to go to school. So that, and that was why I was at the magazine stores, to be honest. But yeah, and that's how I guess I got my, my foundation, like I said, and got into a job in marketing out of, you know, out of my national service commitments and then realized that being a young exec, you know, and just wanted to do something for myself. And yeah, I got in and to be honest, like it wasn't planned and I just went straight into it, just went straight into photography and I've never looked back, to be honest. That's so exciting. And I completely understand how you felt at the time because you had this job, which I'm sure was quite stressful for you. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then having photography as something that can help you express your feelings and emotions and just release stress. 
that's so different to having you know, a full-time job where you are constantly trying to appeal to different clients. So it's great that you were able to discover photography that way. And yeah, it's, it's a really nice story. And now you're happily taking photographs and directing, right? You have a lot of skills now. It's amazing. It, yeah, it, um, I mean, photography has given me every opportunity and, you know, it's something that I will never, ever take for granted. And, you know, it's it's led me to a lot of beautiful things and, you know, and also speaking like uh, with people like you guys. Yeah, it's so amazing that you, I'm sure you've gotten the chance to meet so many people, especially as a sports photographer. You've had the chance to collaborate on many different projects. What achievement are you most proud of so far? Achievement? Um, I guess it's it's quite personal for me when it comes to personal achievements. So growing up, actually, besides being besides being a photographer now, one of the reasons why I was in sports photography was because I was a keen cyclist. Did not turn pro, but then again, you know, through photography, I actually went back into the cycling world by accident. And yeah, and I guess you know, being able to combine your passion like your lifelong passion and also another passion um i guess that i would say, have to say is my proudest achievement and it's brought me places that i would never dream of you know like you know so as a sports photographer i guess for me or a cycling photographer per se like i've pretty much covered every major tour areas and yeah like being from someone from singapore you know like has which has a non-existent cycling scene to be able to be one of the few guys or few asian guys that you know that are working actively in the professional peloton or the, pro the professional circuits has got to be one of my uh, most greatest achievements you should definitely be proud of yourself and how exciting to photograph something that you personally love. That is something that you enjoy in your free time as well. That's a great gift. I'm very happy to be speaking with someone who is doing something that they genuinely and truly love. Yeah, I, I pinch myself every time, you know, when I was, I still remember when I was, it was my first gig out in Europe, you know, coming out from Asia. It's one of those things where you go like, wait a minute, 20 years ago when I was a child, like I used to see magazines and i used to read magazines and you used to look at visuals like that right and you go like wow those are some beautiful photos and you know and you read the bylines and you see like you know the greats or the people that are, you know that are already there and like fast forward i mean myself personally fast forward like you know 20 years later i'm actually next to them you know on the same start line and finish line and documenting what i really like against these people whose names were, were were just names on a on a byline on a magazine like yeah that has got to be really really surreal for me personally yeah it's very exciting and very surreal speaking of sports photography your images are unique because they focus on details that most people overlook in sports photography but i think that you have a very interesting approach to the genre in general what technical advice would you give to people who want to work in this field well I think as a sports photographer, as a documentary photographer, it's important to be really honest in your work and photographs. And you know, I, this is something that I picked up from a mentor way back then. He told me this piece of advice that has stuck to me ever since. He told me this. He told me, be in the present. It sounds so metaphorical and so wishy-washy, and I couldn't really understand what he was trying to say. But now, like as a professional photographer, you know, many years later, I kind of understood what he meant. 
what he was trying to tell me was, you know, when we are photographing something or when we're trying to document something, we need to be in the present. We need to be present. Our minds and you know whatever that we're capturing, yeah, so you've got to be sincere and you've got to be there, you know, instead of instead of not being there. So yeah, that's something that um, I think is one of the advices or something that I would like to pass on. Great advice. And I think it can be applied, applied to any genre and to life in general, of course, being present is very valuable, but in photography as well, no matter what kind of person you are, no matter what you photograph, if you're present, then it's easier to improve, I think, because if you're constantly distracted and comparing yourself to other people, then it can stress you out and just result in photographs that you're not really happy with. Yeah, I that is that is so true. I think a lot of photographers, like, we, we tend to compare, and I think there's nothing wrong to compare, but also the thing is, you know, you're only as good as your last photograph, right? Like, if you really want to look at it that way. So, yeah, don't don't look at your past photographs, just go forward. Exactly, yes, just moving forward, being present. Um, then you can really be happy as a person and as a photographer, I think, and then you can just focus in, on your personal progress and compare in a healthy way, hopefully. Of course. Our online photography community is a place where you can grow your skills and learn something new every single day. If you want to join conversations like this one and connect with like-minded photographers from across the world, you're in the perfect place. We have a special discount code for our podcast listeners. We're offering 50% off your first year as an extraordinary or limitless member. Go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code greatbigphotographyworld. You describe your photos as colorful and energetic. How do you put energy into your photographs and give them a life of their own? I mean, a lot of my work is action sports and sports per se. When it, when you know when I describe it as energetic, it's because you know that's only half of half of it because half of the work that I do because it's already very energetic. I like colors and I try to composition most of my stuff with a lot of colors and a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. And I think when you're in an uncontrolled environment, especially if you're photographing people who aren't posing for you, it can be really difficult to create compositions properly. So how do you achieve that? That's a question that everybody asks me to honest. <laughs> always always understand your subject matter. Um, always understand what you're trying to photograph if you have luxury to do so. And yeah, like I think that's my approach. Like do a bit of reading. Do a bit of like try try to be able to anticipate like you know what's your next frame or try to be able to read the movements and you know and as time goes by I'm sure like your images will get better and your images would pretty much be aligned with what you're trying to visualize. That makes sense because if you're photographing cyclists, for example, you know the direction that they're cycling towards. And so you can kind of plan your photographs according to that in a way. So being able to understand your subject is definitely very important. So yeah, an interesting yeah. perspective. I would, I would add that I think the thing about sports photography or why I really like it is because there's no second chances. It's a very unforgiving genre, to be honest. It's, there's no second takes. And I really increase the challenge as a photographer, and I think that's one of the reasons why I keep going back to the genre. You have a very diverse portfolio. You don't just focus on sports. You also have photos of food and interiors, exteriors. There's just a lot in your portfolio, and I like that it's all, everything works in harmony, basically. 
And when you first got started, which genre were you most drawn to and how did you end up branching out? Well, the first genre that I was actually into was was actually nightlife. I was actually a club circuit photographer when I, when I first you know, entered the industry, just because, you know, a couple of friends gave me my first opening to photograph stuff or to document stuff. Um, yeah, so I went from a nightlife photographer and then I realized that I couldn't remember my Saturdays and Sundays and I thought, this is not working out for me. And yeah, and uh, by chance, a friend of mine who was an editor at a cycling magazine in a neighboring country in Malaysia actually gave me my first big break into sports photography. And yeah, and when I left the nightlife industry, like, you know, when I, after I left the nightlife circuits, you know, documenting whatever that was happening over the weekends in Singapore, I've never looked back because, you know, like I, I found like, I, I guess I really found my true calling. And it was so convenient that uh, the guy who reached out to me, you know, like he was a cycling editor and he was like, hey, do you want to come and photograph something? The funny thing is he actually found, when he first found me, he didn't even know that I came from cycling per se. He was just looking at a lot of my nightlife portfolio and he liked the energy, I suppose. And yeah, and, and the rest is history. Like, you know, he gave me my first gig and... I've never looked back. That's so nice. So it was meant to be, right? I guess the stars align somehow. <laughs> and I, you could say that. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. A big part of your portfolio involves documentary work. What advice would you give to documentary photographers who want to tell better stories through their photos? Be an observer, be that shadow when needed, but also don't be afraid to speak to the subject. But also, it's very important to be honest, especially when you're doing a reportage. And yeah, and also having a bit of empathy also helps because you, that way you're able to understand your subject better. That's good advice. And I think that, or at least I used to think that documentary work was all about being silent. So I was surprised when you said that you should speak to your subject. It makes sense. It's common sense, of course. But to me, I always think that I have to be invisible or be shadow as you just said but creating a balance between speaking with your subject and being a shadow is really important and that's a skill that you need to develop with time and practice I guess. Yeah um, I totally agree I mean the reason why I mentioned that don't be afraid to speak to the subject is because well first of all you don't want to be creepy 
Secondly, I think it's it's also about being able to, you know, put yourself in their shoes and, you know, and understand and read the room, right? Like, I think, you know, the, the problem with, I wouldn't say the problem, I think a lot of us, you know, we observe and then we we don't speak. Then again, like, you don't really know where you're going with it, right? So I guess that's why for me, like, the balance needs to be there. But yeah, at the end of the day, um, being a documentary photographer, it's, I think you've got to be fair to yourself and you be nice. Yes, be nice. That's just the general motto in photography, right? Be nice. <laughs> exactly. Just be nice. Be be yourself and just be nice. Be nice and don't be creepy. True. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite photographs from your portfolio feature food. They're very crisp photographs and the food looks delicious. It's just a very nice balance and a very nice atmosphere. What lighting advice would you give to food photographers? I'm actually a sucker for natural lighting. I really, really like natural lighting. I think the sun is your best, is your best friend. Also, learn to read light. You know, like um, I think that's the basis of a lot, a lot of things that we do, right? Like, um, you know, from your aperture. You know, if you don't understand light, you'll never be able to understand your apertures and your t-stops and whatever not. But yeah, like uh, learn to read light. Realize that light travels in a straight line and always have that in mind. Because for me, light is everything in photography. And if you nail down in understanding light as a subject, it will be really, really beneficial as a photographer. And also, I like food. So I want to be able to portray my food as something that I'll eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, again, once again, if you photograph something you love, it's going to look great. (laughs) Oh, I also love food, but I'm not that good at photographing it, unfortunately. <laughs> Practice and make friends with a lot of chefs. I think that's how, that's honestly, that was how I got into it. Like, yeah, just reached out to a lot of chefs and go like, hey, like, I like your food. You know, like, let's collaborate. Yeah, collaboration is such an underrated tool in photography. It can be used loosely nowadays, but yeah, like, if you approach it with an open mind and... You know, if there's good synergy and if that's how you want to start out your portfolio, I think by all means. It's great. It's such a nice way to make friends, of course, and then to improve your skills. And speaking of reaching out in general, or maybe at the beginning of your journey, when you started reaching out to chefs and other people, how did you do that in the sense that did you ask for money or did you just offer to collaborate for free? And what advice would you give to people who want to collaborate? Um, I think, of course, the being a photographer like, uh, or being someone who's a professional photographer or a working photographer, I try not to do things for free, especially nowadays, because everyone needs to make a living. But I think the most important thing when you're starting out, especially in collaborating, when you know there's costs for both ends, I think both parties need to be able to invest in the same amount of effort. Because when we talk about collaboration, it can be really loose, you know, like, and I always, I'm a strong believer that there should there should never be a lose lose situation. It should be a win win situation if you're just trying to start out and you know do your portfolio. I think it's important as as human beings is never short shortchange people and never use someone for your own benefit. So yeah, that's that's how I I started out. Like you know, I'm happy, very blessed to have friends who were also starting out and you know in their chef's career and stuff like that. So I guess I reached out to a couple of my friends and, you know, we realized that, hey, there could be something that we could do. So 
yeah, we ended up doing grocery shopping and stuff like that, and yeah, and we started collaborating from there. Well, that's exciting. It's nice to collaborate with friends, right? That's the best place to start, I think. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's kind of like your support system, right? When you think about it, when you first started, like I, I don't, I, I cannot say for all, but I'm, I'm very blessed to say to have a, to have a great bunch of friends who everyone, you know, when when we first started out in our professional careers in in the creative art team, like everyone just started to collaborate with each other and see where it would take. Um, and yeah, I would really, really recommend, you know, like aspiring and you know, aspiring photographers or photographers who just started to don't be afraid to reach out to your friends because you don't know there could be something there that could actually propel you in your career and be able to collaborate with. Definitely. And if those people aren't photographers or even if they're not the creative type, so to speak, they might be inspired to get into photography because of it. it's a great cycle. Yeah, it's... Photography is never a solo thing, right? It takes a tribe to create a photograph, you know, from your the guy. I mean, if if you work as a solo operator, great, but most of the time, you know, it, it's always a collaborative process from start to finish. Um, and I think, you know, that that is what, yeah, that's something that I personally really like. Like, um, and I quickly realized that a lot of my friends are the same because we enjoy processes, you know. It's like in whatever you do, if, if there's no process and if it's just the end product, it's not really that fun. Absolutely, yeah. Part of the process involves making mistakes and you have to be able to be patient with that. You have to love something enough to be patient with it, to overcome those obstacles and to also really enjoy the process of making something, definitely. So you're right. So now you're a director and a videographer, correct? I wouldn't call myself the director, but yeah, I guess like, uh, I think nowadays for me, like with so many labels, like I kind of stopped calling myself Powerful or director, I think for me it's like a, I would just say I would say that I'm a creative for purpose, and yeah, and I think that's how I actually go about these days. That's nice because when you put too many labels on yourself, especially at the beginning of your journey, but I think at any point of your journey, then you might feel very restricted, and then you don't you don't know how to introduce yourself to people. Hello, I'm a videographer, photographer, artist. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with that, to be honest, even now, you know, like, of course, you know, like when you look at your name cards and stuff, we're a professional photographer, but yeah, like it's, I, it's something that I struggle myself with personally. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people as well, but yeah, so that's why, you know, I kind of realize that, yep, I'm a great, I'm a creative purpose and it's easier to introduce yourself that way. It gets even more questions, but I guess that's how you get to, you know, talk to people. That's true. The more questions, the better, right? You get people intrigued. <laughs> So your videography, how did you get into that? I mean, like, uh, I would say that it was bypassing. Um, I, I had a lot of friends, uh, you know, and who were filming and stuff like that. And yeah, and I, I guess I picked it up naturally. And yeah, it, it's one of those things where, you know, hey, this is a new skill. And yeah, I just picked it up. Never stopped, ne never stopped learning. And uh, yeah, that's how I guess I get into the moving visual side of things. Yeah, moving visuals are very exciting. I talked to your friend Joshua Paul, he's uh, the episode before this one, <laughs> and he was also talking about videography and how it's sort of a next, the next step from photography and really opened my eyes to this industry and I have a new appreciation for it. So it's nice to meet photographers who specialize in photography and videography. The more skills, the better. 
it's just a natural evolution process after photography and it's the same thing as directing and producing for me it was just a natural process and you know, one thing led to another and i guess you know when after a certain number of years especially in photography i think producing and directing just came really naturally because half of the time you know when when we're running campaigns or when we're running commercials and stuff we're really working in teams and yeah for me it was just like the next step up to be honest yeah, and what an exciting step. Earlier in this episode, you said that you get a lot of same questions regarding compositions and how to create good compositions in your photography. I'm sure you get a lot of different questions in general from people who are interested in, in photography and especially sports photography, but what is something that you wish everyone knew about sports photography? It's not only physically demanding, that's for, that's for sure, but it's actually a very mental game as well. It can be mentally taxing. Sports photographers are probably some of the fastest people that I know when it comes to workflow and making sure that their images come out to life. But yeah, like I think why I say it's it's mentally challenging is because as a sports photographer, you don't get second chances most of the time, uh, and it can be frustrating if whatever that you try, especially if you miss your frame. So. I think a lot of sports photographers are very calm, cool, and collected people. That's just because it came with the nature of the job. But yeah, um, I think you know that's that's something that I guess a lot of people don't know that sports photographers, besides having they're pretty much like with technology nowadays, sports photographers they they're really really way ahead of a lot of people in terms of how they deliver their images because they only have a few minutes to turn out and the images are already live uh, into into wherever news portals or agencies that they represent. So yeah, I guess that's something that I think a lot of people don't know or might not know about the sports photography industry. Well, that includes me because I definitely didn't know that. And what surprised me the most was that there has to be a quick turnaround. So the photos, as soon as you take them, they are sent to somebody like a news outlet. Yeah. Um, so. If you work with the YA agencies and stuff like, and that's something that I do quite regularly, most of the time our images need to land on our editor's desk like instantaneously. And I think a big part of that also is a reason why a lot of sports photographers are on the flagship cameras, going back to our earlier conversation about tools. I, I guess that for sports photographers, or how should, how should I rephrase this? I think as much as a tool, the, the camera is a tool, the camera cameras nowadays are also packed with technology to be able to make sure that your images land at where you need it to be in the shortest time, especially with the FDL file transfer protocol systems that are inbuilt in a lot of cameras nowadays and also land capabilities. So, yeah. Wow, and you don't edit your photographs then, I'm assuming, the editor you do? Um, it depends. Some assignments, I do have uh, an editor that's actually working on my images right from right from camera or most or sometimes like, you know, when we're in places where we we need to edit our own images, like, for example, like a football game. If I don't have an editor, I, I need to make sure that my images are out by half time. My first set of images are out that after I am and yeah and you work on the images and the images get sent out like during that that half time period. 
and, well, and as I said later, yeah. Oh, I'm learning so much from you today. Thank you. <laughs> and you said that sports photographers have to be calm and collected people. Do you think that's something that people are naturally born with, or is it something that you can learn as a photographer? I don't know. Like, if if you're born as a calm and collected person, great. Um, I know I'm not, but uh, yeah, I think it's something that I learn on the job. And I think having mentors who are able to point out, who are able to guide, is also something that you know I think I went through. But yeah, like I think in general, the reason why you need to be calm and collected as a sports photographer is not to be able to let anything affect you your decisions especially when you're trying to make sure that you get your frames so yeah you know it's a it's it's like pressure cooker environment right like you know you need to get your images you need to get your images and you know and if you're not calm cool and collected or if you're not calm at least to stay and if you miss it naturally you will start to panic um i guess over experience and over time and you know and being being able to keep cool like you'll be able to get the images that you need so yeah that's why i think it goes back to the whole mental game that is really really important yes definitely so having more experience can lead to more confidence and then having more confidence can lead to the collective and calm state as you mentioned earlier so very interesting to know it's uh, yeah i'm learning a lot today about sports photography i've never taken a sports photo in my life so i didn't really understand what the process was like Hopefully some of the listeners can relate to this. But yeah, you definitely have to be very collected and you have to be focused. And as you said, with experience and practice, you can do that, hopefully, maybe not in an effortless way, but more confidently at least. Hopefully it's, uh, it's beneficial to um, aspiring sports photographers who are trying to get into the scene. I'm sure that it is. I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Well, one thing I like to achieve is to be able to, wow, this is going to be a tough one, Taya. I actually never thought about this last question. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is the one thing I like to achieve? I would like to keep enjoying the things that I love, keep doing what I do, um, and also to be able to pass on knowledge, like to be able to pass on knowledge to the next person and, you know, hopefully the next person can pass on to the next person. And I think, you know, that's that's why I really like the whole photography community because, you know, it's it's all, it's all so open source now. Like, you know, there's just so many tools that are available um, online and, you know, in, in reading materials and stuff. And yeah, I think what I like to achieve is like, yeah, to be able to keep going, you know, it's nice that you want to help other people and definitely photography community as a whole is growing and it's becoming more open so you can learn anything pretty much anything you want just by doing a little search online and if you meet people and find mentors then that can really add to the experience so i'm happy that you are one of the photographers who wants to contribute your knowledge to the community and i want to thank you for that and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. I learned a lot from you, and I wish you the very best with your journey. Thanks, Taya. Um, i really, really proud to actually be in this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope to see everyone on the field soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed finding out about sports photography. I definitely did. 
I learned a lot, especially about the fast-paced environment and the pressures that are put on sports photographers to submit their photographs quickly. It's a completely different world to the one I'm used to, so it was really interesting to find out more about that. If you have any questions for Danielle, or if you just want to share your thoughts on these episodes with us, make sure to join our online photography community. There's a link to it in the description. See you next week. Our photography community wouldn't be what it is without its amazing members. We're working on many exciting projects and have lots of great perks waiting to be discovered by you. For a small monthly fee, you'll receive all kinds of perks. If you join as an extraordinary member, you'll get an ad-free experience, access to every subforum, access to our 52-week project, the ability to connect with all of our members, and more. As a Limitless member, you'll get all of the perks that I just mentioned and access to all of our premium courses and Lightroom presets. This is the perfect opportunity for anybody who wants to elevate their skills without paying thousands of dollars for courses. We're sure that you'll love being a part of our community if you're a fan of this podcast. In addition to meeting new people, you'll learn something new about photography every day which will help you improve quickly. It's also much more fun to take photographs when you have a group of amazing photographers supporting you. Go to photographycourse.net to find out more and to get 50% off your first year as a member. We can't wait to see you in our community. And again, just as a reminder, go to photographycourse.net slash join to claim your discount with the code GREATBIGPHOTOGRAPHYWORLD. We can't wait to see you there. There's a simple reason why photographycourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.